It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. New Orleans Saints training camp day four might have belonged to the defense, but it was Jameis Winston and Chris Olave who brought the big time fireworks. We got that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints. You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another live episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always. Make Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we're free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. And of course, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert and, of course, credentialed member of the media. You can find me every day over at USA Today, Saints Wire, Tuesdays on Lots NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday and sometimes on Saturday, like today, <laughs> as we continue on here at Locked On Saints. I appreciate everybody for being here. As always, we are live post uh, training camp day four for the New Orleans Saints, bringing you all the observations and all the biggest news that you need to know. Today, we're going to highlight Jameis Winston's up and down day that was defined better by its ups than its downs. A really good kind of bounce back day for Jameis Winston, the type of thing you love to see from a quarterback. But we won't ignore the great plays from the defense. Three big time highlights from that New Orleans Saints defense that will break down and we'll wrap up with a look at Adam Troutman's development because he's been a big time standout and get you some updates on some injuries for the New Orleans Saints as well. Some players returning to the practice field. Appreciate you as always, everybody here for uh, coming on out and joining us for the live shows that we've been doing here all throughout the week that will continue on throughout training camp. We're also looking at some live show stuff that we'll figure out, you know, the best way to do that during the regular season as well. This won't go away. As always, if you are here in the chat or if you are watching live, if you're watching or listening later, make sure you go ahead and drop a your team every day. You can do that in the chat right now. You can drop those down in the comments if you're watching later. And of course, you can always feel free to tweet me at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. All right, let's get to what you want to know and kick it off as we always do with the biggest Story And today's biggest story is that Jameis Winston had a very up and down day today, but did not allow himself to be defined by the downs. He had a rocky start to the day with two straight interceptions in the first in the team's first team drill period. Uh, One to uh, CJ Gardner Johnson that effectively would have been a pick six and another to Bradley Roby over the middle trying to get a uh, pass to a hitch there to um, Chris Olave. Now, Jameis Winston did not allow that to define his day, but it did start off his day, but he did bounce back from that. And head coach Dennis Allen praised Jameis for his ability to bounce back after that today. So I heard, I saw someone in the chat earlier today before we got started, ask a little bit about what we can tell, what we can say about the mental side of the game when it comes to Jameis and the film study. I think that's a pretty good example of the mental side of the game for Jameis. You have to be able to have that sort of quick memory or that, that short term memory that you're willing to lose during you know while playing that position and we certainly saw that during today's practice and again head coach Dennis Allen praising him for that he would then turn around these guys usually do four reps per period 
Uh, so he had the two interceptions to start, but then he turned around and had a nice completion to Adam Troutman, who was heading towards the right sideline. Nice leaping catch by him, and then went back to Chris Olave as well. And it wasn't the last time that those two players would connect. We'll talk about that more once we get to the biggest play of the day. But you know, for Jameis, look, it, it wasn't a great start for the day for him with the two interceptions opening up. And of course, this is a time where you've got fans there. There might have been some jitters, whatever. But, you know, it wasn't a great start for him, but it was great to see him not allow that to define him. The rest of his passes throughout the rest of the day were pretty well placed. I think maybe one other one that was off target, but it wasn't in a situation to where it was, you know, uh, know, interceptable or anything like that. Like it wasn't that kind of a big deal. But everything else after that was pretty well placed. And, uh, you know, he he bounced back from it. So that's effectively what you want to see. It kind of reminds me of the uh, Washington football team game last year, right? Where, you know, you had the early interception, but then his ability to be able to bounce back and still, you know, have the game that he had up against Washington, which included that big time touchdown to Deontay Hardy. And don't forget, he also lost Taysom Hill in that game who took that nasty shot that led to a long-term absence uh, with a concussion. So it was really, really good to see, you know, Jameis, who's been putting in a lot of work over the course of the offseason, and you know the work ethic, you know the dedication that he's shown, be able to come through and bounce back very quickly from what could have you know, effectively set the tone for the day. But that wasn't the case for the New Orleans Saints. Now, <clears throat> the next big thing I want to highlight here is going to be play of the day because that really showed you where Jameis Winston's bounce back was. The play of the day today was a 60-yard touchdown connection between Jameis Winston and Chris Olave. Chris Olave firing off the line, Marshawn Lattimore kind of sitting down on the route, probably expecting a safety behind him, looked like he was kind of playing cover two effectively, but the safety did not rotate over the top, and so within, gosh, a second, maybe a second and a half of the ball being snapped, we all saw Chris Olave's arm, his hand go up, calling for the ball, and then the sort of weight of anticipation set in at that point for sure. And I think that makes a lot of sense when you have a guy with a big arm like Jameis Winston. And so he was able to let that one loose, which was something that we haven't seen from him so far during training camp. Sort of the first three days of camp, he stayed very close to the line of scrimmage, continuing to maintain his promise of working on that short area, quick passing uh, sort of approach so far with that New Orleans Saints offense. But this one, there was no stopping Jameis from letting this one loose. He uncorked one all the way down the field, effectively leading Chris Olave directly into the end zone. I mean, Chris Olave, by the time that he caught it, that one had to travel at least 50, 54 yards through the air on what felt like a pretty routine throw for Jameis. Chris Olave wide open there and being able to make the catch and get into the end zone. Dennis Allen kind of spoke a little bit about the dichotomy of that moment, right? How do you feel as a head coach? Are you excited about the fact that your offense has bounced back and has put together this big play to where they were able to connect downfield this early on in camp? Or are you more upset about the blown coverage by the defense? And the way that Dennis Allen kind of highlighted it was that it kind of goes both ways in terms of him as an evaluator. You obviously don't want to make those mistakes on game day, but it is a give and take on game day saying that Sundays are all about which team makes the fewest mistakes and which team is able to capitalize on the mistakes that the other team is making. Whichever one can do that is usually the one that wins on Sundays, and the New Orleans Saints offense came out on top with that one. But it wasn't the New Orleans Saints offense's day, if we're being honest. They had the biggest play, and Adam Troutman had some nice moments, as well as Chris Olave. However, it was really the defense's day. Let's break down three big plays from the New Orleans Saints defense that should have you very excited about what that defense is going to look like in 2022 as we continue on with today's episode 
of Locked On Saints. And if you imagine that, Chris Olave is going to continue to put together some big, deep threat, big time, big touchdowns like that uh, all throughout the season, Bet Online uh, might be the place that you need to go and check out. They've got some odds on what Chris Olave's rookie uh, kind of stat line is going to look like, how many catches, how many yards. And right now, it's not very favorable to the young wide receiver, around 700, 800 yards uh, being that average. So if you think that he's going to be potentially a 1,000-yard receiver immediately with the New Orleans Saints, you definitely want to go and put some money down over at Bet Online, which you can access on your mobile device or on your laptop so you can keep up with all the trends and action. Once again, it's Bet Online where the game starts. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Once again, I appreciate you as always for making us your first listen of the day and for being here with us for the live show. Don't forget to drop your questions if you're watching live because I'm going to take those questions and that's how we're going to wrap up the second show of the day that'll be coming out later on, probably around 7 p.m. Central Time or so. And then we're going to welcome in uh, Boot Crew Media's uh, Jack Collada for Monday's episode to kind of look back at the first week of camp and what we're looking for in the second week of camp. Jack and I have a ton of fun during uh, camp, so we wanted to bring that to the airwaves for you. So don't forget to get your questions in. And of course, if you're here watching live, make sure you get that your team every day up in the chat. Of course, you can comment below if you're watching on YouTube or send it over to me on Twitter if you are uh, listening as well. So I appreciate y'all as always for the support. Now let's get back to business. Let's break down the New Orleans Saints biggest three defensive plays of the day. And we'll start off with the two interceptions that led off the day in team drills. The first one was from CJ Gardner Johnson, who was guarding Deontay Hardy out of the slot. Deontay Hardy worked uh, an out route to the outside. Y'all know how much I despise quarterback storing to out routes. Here is an example of why, particularly when it's going across the field. And in this case, you saw it all the way. And so did CJ Gardner Johnson, who was able to jump the route win the fight with Deontay Hardy at the catch point, and then effectively just would have been able to turn it right upfield, not even turn it right upfield. He was already facing the end zone that he was heading over to, right? He was just right there. And that would have been an easy pick six for the uh, for the young safety, who, remember, is looking to get a new contract right now. So those moments really matter for a guy like C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Deontay Hardy's looking for a contract as well. So these are big, important moments for these players during training camp who are you know, possibly going to be looking at a potential contract extension at some point over the course of this offseason or even into the season. You know, the New Orleans Saints have done that a couple times over the past couple of years. Demario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore. So good on CJ Garner Johnson for showing the New Orleans Saints that he still and he absolutely brings that ball hawking ability to the team. Now, I do want to mention CJ has played all over the defense. We've seen him in a bunch of different places today. Practice was open to public, so they got to see it as well. Playing a little bit of deep safety, playing in the slot, playing all over the place. So really cool to see CJ be able to do that, but specifically to see him make that interception guarding from the slot on a speedier, 
twitchier receiver, quicker receiver, which is something that CJ has had problems with. And I don't want to say had problems with, but that's challenged CJ Gardner Johnson in the past. Guys like Chris Godwin and Robbie Anderson coming out of the slot. So good to see CJ be able to make a play on the ball against that sort of smaller, twitchier, quicker receiver. That's exactly the same type of growth and development you expect to see from CJ Gardner Johnson, along with his very vocal leadership ability, which is something that also stands out as well. The second interception was uh, Bradley Roby's over the middle, this time also from Jameis Winston, this time targeting Chris Olave. Chris Olave kind of running a hitch over the middle of the field in this one, and Bradley Roby just did a really good job reading it, making a break on the ball, and being able to securely bring that one in. The thing that I'm most impressed by when it comes to both of these interceptions for both of these defenders is that they weren't just kind of all by themselves or in a situation to where your ball got tipped and landed, you know, comfortably into the safety of their arms or anything like that. They had to make a break on the ball and they had to catch with their hands. It wasn't a situation to where they brought it into their chest or anything like that. They were able to make a play on the ball and show that they can also bring some ball skills to that conversation as well. So really, really good stuff from both of those receivers. Remember, or excuse me, both of those defenders. Remember that Bradley Roby has kind of been in a situation here to where he's been rotating with Paul Sanadibo for first team snaps at cornerback opposite Marshawn Lattimore. So when he goes and he makes an interception like that in team drills, that really helps him out in terms of making his case for that spot. Remember, Paul Sanadibo has been one of the stars of camp so far over the course of the first three days, making you know having at least one pass breakup in each of those three days. Didn't see him necessarily get that today, but still had a good day. But now you're looking at Bradley Roby and you see the interception. And of course, that's going to stick out more. So these guys clearly going back and forth with one another. The other big defensive play that I really enjoyed seeing actually came from uh, New Orleans Saints second round rookie cornerback, Alante Taylor. It wasn't an interception, but he was in coverage against Marquez Calloway over on the offensive left sideline. Uh, Andy Dalton throws the pass. Calloway catches it, but he keeps his arms outstretched just a little bit too long. And Alante Taylor comes and knocks the ball out of his hand. So that would have probably been the type of play that would have gone to review. You let the play go. You let it happen. You call it a fumble. PJ Williams was the one who scooped it up and would have had a clear beeline to the, uh, to, to the end zone in that case. And the big thing there with all of that is that, you know, that would have gone to review, but very likely could have still remained a fumble more than, more than likely. Even if not, it still would have been a pass breakup, right? So those are the same types of plays, again, that we're seeing from Paul Sanadibo, that we're seeing from Bradley Roby, that we just saw from C.J. Garner-Johnson with the interception there, that you really, really love from these this, this sort of young core. Everyone is excited about the New Orleans Saints defense. Cam Jordan talked about it the other day. He believes that this is a defense that now has, or excuse me, a team that now has a defensive identity, and he loves it. So you get to see those moments when guys like C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Bradley Roby are picking off passes, when a, a guy like Alante Taylor is knocking passes away and or stripping the ball and creating some fumbles. This New Orleans Saints defense is always emphasized during the offseason turnovers. It's one of the reasons why, if you were out there today, you've seen it. And if you're out there later on next week or at the beginning of next week, the defenders will run up on ball carriers and try to punch the ball out. doesn't matter if they're contact or non-contact practices. They couldn't care less. They're working on creating a mentality for turnovers. If a ball hits the ground, Chris Richard is yelling, ball, 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 ball. And one of the New Orleans Saints defenders is expected to treat it like a live ball and go and scoop it up. They are training themselves to be a team that generates turnovers. Those types of drills, that type of attitude from the defensive coaches is one of the reasons why Von Bell's propensity to be around the football and recover fumbles years ago wasn't just something that came down to luck. 
you have to be able to be aware of those moments. And the Saints are training that, that defense to be aware of those moments so they can generate those turnovers in 2022. I'll mention just because I have a, a, another second here, um, another good defensive play came from Caden Ellis. It actually ended up being a reception, but uh, one of the quarterbacks, I can't remember which one it was, uh, tried to launch a pass over the middle of the field and Caden Ellis, y'all, got up. I mean, hops, hops like crazy. And he was able to get up there and knock the ball up in the air. Kevin White was able to come down with it still. He just had good positioning. But that second level playmaking that Caden Ellis is continuously showing that he can bring to the table is something unique and specific to what we're seeing amongst the New Orleans Saints linebackers right now, especially with Pete Werner still uh, working his way back and doing side work off to the, uh, well, the side of the field. Speaking of Pete Werner doing side work, he was joined by a couple of other players that were good to see out there as well. Let's update injuries and attendance. And I also want to speak a little bit about two tight ends that are standing out, Adam Troutman and of course, everyone's favorite, Lucas Kroll. We'll break it down as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's get it, Houdat Nation, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints live here following New Orleans Saints training camp day for your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, your team every day. Appreciate you as always. All of those of you who are here live watching or listening later, I appreciate you. If you have any questions, drop them in the chat, leave them in the comments or send them to me on Twitter so that I can answer them in tonight's episode. Remember, we're doing two episodes every day of New Orleans Saints practice and we'll have a, a special Sunday night slash Monday morning episode to get you ready for week two of training camp as well. So we, we, we're not stopping. We're not stopping out here. All right. So I want to jump in now and discuss a little bit more about Adam Troutman and uh, Lucas Kroll, who I'm training myself to get his name right. Um, Adam Troutman had a disappointing second year or last year. And, and I don't just mean disappointing to to fans or, or to the team or anything like that. I mean, it was disappointing for him too. He had the appendectomy at the beginning of the year. He had a couple of other injuries that he was dealing with. He, you know, was out for, uh, only had a couple of weeks from the time that he was out all, all throughout the course of the offseason, all the other stuff. And then he finally started to kind of get going in 2021, but then got, you know, derailed a bit because of injury. So he ends up with what, 260 something receiving yards in 2021 as the leading receiver when it comes to tight ends. That can't be the case with this New Orleans Saints offense next year. And if Adam Troutman's early training camp production is any indication, it won't be either. Adam Troutman has continued to make plays all throughout training camp so far. Today, he had a really nice uh, leaping catch as he was going toward the sideline. But one of the things that stands out to me so much is if you think about Adam Troutman when he was at Dayton. Um, contested catches were his game. I mean, he was bigger than everybody on the field. He was more athletic than everybody on the field, and it showed. In the NFL, he's been okay there. He caught eight of 15 contested targets last year. That's about a 53% percentage there. So not terrible at all. And so I think that 
you know, the next thing that you're looking at is can you bolster that percentage? Can you do more of that? And can you also be a threat all over the field? You have to kind of be a three-level threat to be the typical New Orleans Saints tight end, which we all kind of base our expectations on what a good tight end looks like in the system based upon what Jimmy Graham did years ago. But even if you look at guys like, excuse me, like uh, Benjamin Watson or Jared Cook, when he wasn't fumbling the ball, he was a three-level threat. You were able to find him all over the field, over routes where you can attack the intermediate area, hitches and curls where you can come to, where you can come to these guys in the short area, um, post and, and street, you know, the nine routes and things like that, corner routes and stuff that you can utilize for these guys down the field as well. So when it comes to all of that, you're waiting to see Adam Troutman continue to bolster it. And he's showing you that right now during training camp. Now, there's no pads on, there's no contact, anything like that, I know. And of course, we'll continue to watch. This is still early, right? We're only four days into camp. But so far, Adam Troutman is showing a lot of the positives that you should want to see from Adam Troutman right now. So he's checking some boxes. Now he has a little bit of, comp- not necessarily competition, but he's got another tight end out there that's effectively competing for the attention of an adoring audience. And it's big number 44, Pitt undrafted free agent tight end, Lucas Kroll, who Oh, each day has made some moment, right? And and sometimes it's just that the the catch is nice where he's looking a pass in over his shoulder and he's catching the ball like you would expect to see a receiver. Or he's moving with the fluidity of a much smaller receiver, but then turning around and being very physical as a run blocker or turning around and being very physical as a pass protector. That type of versatility is really important for this New Orleans Saints offense. That's the type of stuff that keeps like Traquan Smith on the roster, for instance, because of all of the different th- ways that they can utilize him and all the different places that they can line him up. So right now, with Taysom Hill and Jawan Johnson both having been out for the past two practices, you're getting to see a little bit more from guys like J.P. Holtz and Lucas Crow, who otherwise might not necessarily get a lot of reps or a lot of like first team, second team reps with Andy Dalton and with Jameis Winston. The thing that's really nice about having Andy Dalton around is that basically if you're in second team, you're still getting NFL starter quality passes thrown to you. So you get a greater opportunity to be able to show off what you can do, not only with Jameis, but you also get to show that off with Andy Dalton. And Dalton and Kroll have a really nice connection going so far. So those two tight ends absolutely standing out and giving you what it is that you should be looking for and hoping for from both of them. All right, let's get you updated on attendance as well as the injuries that I know that you very much care about. I will say, and I want to start off with this, uh, one of the players that we still have not spotted at practice so far is safety, Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew was excused for a, fa- a, a private family emergency or private family matter. So I don't really ask a lot of questions when it comes to that. Like you tell me that and I say, okay, cool, hands off. That's a family thing. Go and do what you got to do. So I've had some people that have reached out to me and said, hey, Tyron Matthew deleted some of his, all of his saint stuff from his Instagram and whatever. Don't do the social media scouting. That very rarely means anything at all. We don't even know who actually runs those accounts, things like that. Like, don't worry about any of that. For right now, the guy's away. He's dealing with a private family matter. We'll let him deal with his private family matter, and he can tell us all about it when he gets back, or we'll learn more about it at another time. So we'll see exactly what happens there, but I'm not going to get too into it. But um, Kat Terrell did ask Dennis Allen a little bit about Tyron Matthew and if he had a timeline for his return. Dennis Allen says no, which reinforces a couple of days ago before camp opened when they said, we'll give him the time that he needs. Uh, wide receiver slash return specialist Rashid Shahid still hasn't reported in terms of a participation level in practice. Um, defensive back Bryce Thompson was not spotted today and Taysom Hill was not spotted today at all. 
uh, either. Taysom Hill, not very much of a surprise. Bryce Thompson, you kind of question about a little bit because they had mentioned that the heat got to him yesterday. So we just hope that he's okay. Now, there were three players who were out doing some side work, which, are re- which was really good to see. Marcus Davenport and Pete Werner, who we've seen doing side work before. Remember, Marcus Davenport is catching up on his conditioning that he missed with some offseason surgeries. It's not injury-related that he's not on the field. Pete Werner, however, it is injury-related that he's not on the field, but we expect that we'll get to see him soon. I imagine maybe after padded practices. I don't know if you take an injured guy and then throw him back in during padded, you know, on a padded day, but we'll see. And then tight end Juwan Johnson was spotted and seen doing side work as well. He's been missing the last couple of days, so good to see him out on the field. Uh, both defensive linemen, uh, Tono Passigno, as well as offensive lineman Sage Doxeter returned to the lineups today and did participate. Uh, Michael Thomas was present for walkthroughs, but then went away after walkthroughs. We were told that that's not really of any concern. It was a planned day off for him. So just something to really consider there that he still has a little bit of that progress and process that he's going through that is a team mandated regimen, right? It's not something that's completely based upon what or how he's doing or anything like that. They have a specific plan for how they ramp him up. So the ramp up is continuing, but he was out there at the beginning of of it all. So it was good to see big number 13 continue to get him. Don't forget to drop your questions in the chat so I can come back to them for our recorded episode that will drop around 7 p.m. Central Time later on on Saturday night. And of course, we'll be back with you on Monday as well. Myself and Jack Collada giving you everything you need to know about New Orleans Saints training camp day one and what we're looking, or excuse me, week one and what we're looking for going into camp week two. I appreciate you as always, y'all, for being here, whether you're live or you're later. I appreciate you so much for supporting the show and for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, Go check out that Locked On NFL podcast. Get caught up on your week there with Monday through Friday episodes, less than 30 minutes apiece. Keep me up to date on everything going on around the NFL. Again, I appreciate you so much for making me a part of your day and for making me a part of your routine. If you see me, say hi. And of course, for everything you need around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.